Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Abraham Hawani. Thanks for being on the show, Abraham. Thank you, Whitney. Great to be here. Yeah, Abraham founded Abranova, a full-stack real estate investment and construction development company two years out of college and turned $2.5 million in revenues in the first year. Single-handedly developed a ground-up trade burn project and turned a 16% annualized return for investors. Currently working on a $25 million ground-up We Live, We Work mixed-use development project has aggregated over $50 million in the project's pipeline in the next five years. Now, Abraham, that's a very impressive bio there. And and it's impressive what you've done, you know, just coming right out of college. I'm looking forward to getting into the show and give the listeners a little more about who you are, me and where you're from, you know, where you live and where you're, where you're doing these projects at. And let's get into it. Great. So I graduated as a mechanical engineer from Duke University. I work for a company called Gilbane Building Company. It's one of the largest construction companies in the U.S. And about a year and a half, actually, into working for Gilbane, I saw the opportunity to venture into real estate development. At the time, I didn't know what syndication was. I just knew that from my experience of working in construction companies, really, investors are not the first priority. And I saw an opportunity to create value for investors like you know, streamlining construction efficiencies and, and creating value in terms of their return. There are many times in my company where I could have saved money for clients and it didn't seem like it was the culture to think about how much more money can I put in investors' pockets. So that was the birth of Abernova Real Estate and you're here to stay. Nice, nice. So I want you to elaborate on this. You know, you've seen this value that you could create and in your bio, you know, we mentioned full stock you know, you're a, a full stack real estate investment construction company. And, you know, elaborate what that means. Yeah. So the term full stack means we are a vertically integrated real estate investment and construction development company. What that is, we have a private equity network of investors who invest with us in our projects, you know, which is what you would also call, you know, syndication deals. But we are also a licensed construction company. So we handle all of our construction work. We have a team of really high caliber construction managers with great experience in construction. So we think of ourselves in every sense, construction company, we're licensed, but our focus is investors, creating value for investors. And so being full stack allows us to streamline every stage of the buyer creation process and make a lot of decisions that most developers wouldn't be able to make in terms of financing, you know, how to put together the capital stack, how to avoid risk, including debt risk and all that. So that's in a nutshell, that's what it is. Could you elaborate a little on what, like how that works, how you're able to create the value because you have the construction ability as well? Or give us maybe an example where that happened. Great question. So I'll start with the Trayvon project. I raised, you know, total raised about $2 million. I handled pretty much all the GC work, the construction management part. And in construction, you can save money in so many different ways, including, you know, when you're doing a design build project, there are so many design choices that have direct cost implications, even starting as the side of the choice of a site. So we do ground up projects 
and you know one side versus another cost the same in terms of acquisition, but just the topography, if you don't do a 3D modeling and analyze the site, look at geotechnical reports, understand what's underneath, you can save a lot of money by avoiding sites that are going to cost you a lot of money down the road to develop. That's just one stage. So there's standard, industry standard, there are about 33 different trades in a construction project. Each one has its own costs. And being fully integrated, we analyze every trade. We look at, you know, what is the market value for you know, dollar per square foot of construction, whether it's, you know, site work, whether it's uh, concrete. So we analyze every single trade and study the market. And in the current market right now, construction prices are through the roof. And so our advantage is uh, going into the Nova RTP project, is a substantial project. One of the costs that every developer is going to get hit on right now who's doing a ground up project is site work. And being nimble, we are going to have our own in-house site work company. So we're going to have our own construction equipment, our own stuff, and we're going to do the work. We're going to be on budget. And that's what a full-stack company can do, what others can't. Wow. I've never heard that before about the 33 different trades in a construction project. And so I can see where if you can... I mean, if you can itemize every one of those details and every one of those trades and you're not hiring somebody else or... Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can... uh, What's the word? You can, I don't know, really get the best bang for your buck, you know, to make it as simple as possible, you know, out of every one of those trades or every jobs. So, you know, a licensed construction company, uh, you're able to do all these things in-house. And, you know, is this something you recommend like to other syndicators like that maybe that are developing projects as well, or, or I guess they would be if they're developing, but, you know, is that something we should, you know, more of us should consider or is it like, you know, well, if you're going to do this specific thing, then yes, but this, no. Well, it, I compare that to the auto industry. There are people like Elon Musk who are creating cars from scratch, right? There are car dealers whose you know, specialization is to just sell the car to the customer. We, you know, being engineers and being very interested in figuring out how things work, streamlining efficiencies, even innovating, right? We're seeing a lot of bad construction material that fail all the time. We're thinking of, you know, if we're going to do this again, how can we make this better? The Nova RTP project is a project that, you know, with the 21st century customer in mind, you know, people are buying Teslas. I mean, the average car you drive right now is integrated with wireless technologies. You can pretty much do a lot of things that you wouldn't be able to do just a few years ago. But, you know, your house is probably, for most people, it's probably the same as your grandma's house, right? It's nothing special except maybe new paint and maybe, you know, different type of window. But, you know, if you're able to have your car integrated with the artificial intelligence technologies that people are used to as part of our life. So we're thinking in that, in that direction. Now, not everybody has to build cars from scratch. Going back to the auto industry, you know, you can be a dealer and just be really successful, right? You just specialize in, in selling cars. But, you know, your success is going to depend on the success of the types of cars you choose to sell. Now, unfortunately, in construction, we don't have a brand like, you know, we don't have like, you know, a Ford or, or a Tesla or a Toyota. You know, you have just real estate, dollar per square foot. So that's why knowing at least to some extent, knowing how all the trades come together, you know, where the most value is created and being able to have some sort of control in that. I think that's what it's going to set apart, you know, a successful syndicator, real estate developer from the other, right? In our case, you know, we want to, every deal that we do has to be more efficient than the, the previous one. It doesn't have to be everybody's goal. As long as you're making money, you're meeting your projected returns for your investors, 
But you know, for us, it's more than that. We you know we want to make sure we're able to execute our deals as efficiently as possible every time. Of course, yeah. If you're learning something on every deal, then your next deal should be a little better, right? You know, so I guess how do your investor relations differ? Say, you know, in a deal like you're doing, as opposed to a regular value add, say multifamily, something like that. You know, obviously, you can already see the asset. We, you know, investors can walk it if they want. They can go touch it, you know, but in a deal like this or a development project, they can't, right? So, I mean, they're really having to have a lot of trust in you and your ability. So, you know, I guess, tell me about that relationship and how, what that looks like. Yeah, that's a very good question, uh, Whitney. I just walked out of an investor meeting. I mean, I came from an investor meeting uh, before the call and within the hour, one investor just pulled out a check and signed a uh, 100,000 investment. You know, we're taking security deposits right now. So he basically committed 100,000 within the hour. It's very much based on trust and understanding, you know, in some sense, understanding the market that they're investing in. We're in the triangle market right now. Everybody, you know, if you're good thing about real estate, it's very tangible. People have a feeling of whether it's a good market or a bad market. So that is already a good in- ingredient as to what would attract our investors. But also, you know, the team, right? You know, we meet with our investors, we talk to them, they, they know our credentials, you know, our track record. So over time, it's only going to get better. But there's definitely some work to put there when, when it comes to ground up projects. Because yeah, they're, they're not just investing in the asset, they're investing in your ability to make that vision come true. Great. And, you know, tell me, you know, you're doing a ground up project, the building's not there yet. How do you, you know, explain to an investor, like, this is what it's going to be. And this is, you know, how, how do you kind of help them to see this, even though they can't see it yet? Yeah. So it starts with uh, modeling. We do a lot of performer modeling, understanding what the projected returns are, what, you know, what does, you know, rock bottom looks like? What does a uh, good case look like? And then once we're comfortable with those numbers, you know, then we get into the design aspect of it. So we're working with civil engineers and architects to design the project. Renderings help. You know, we make really good renderings to give people a visual impression of, you know, what the actual product is going to look like. But at the end of the day, once, you know, that visual aspect is fulfilled for investors, they're going to look at the numbers and, you know, what am I investing? What risk profile is there and what's the reward? And, you know, confidence, at the end of the day, confidence is everything. It's not just for ground up, you know, even like uh, value add opportunities, you know, you can make a lot of miscalculations. You think you're going to spend X amount to, you know, do a fast lift on a, on a property and you end up spending twice as much. And, you know, for most people, they take debt. And before you realize you can't service your note and your, you know, your hot water. So in our case, we have a lot of control, including of avoiding any debt risk in our, in our projects. Nice. And, you know, you had mentioned market and knowing the market, and even with investors, you mentioned, you know, they have a good feeling, you know, if it's a good market and everybody loves that area. But what about differences in if I'm, you know, developing a property as opposed to, you know, like a value add multifamily deal? What are some differences in the market or are there that, that I should be thinking about if I'm doing one of those as opposed to the other? Yeah, I think for value add deals, in my experience right now, people are having a really hard time finding those opportunities in the hot market, right? Because any property that's worth purchasing, you know, why would the owner sell it? They would have to have certain reasons as to why they're selling it. Otherwise, you're going to be buying a property that's, you know, run down so much that somebody would just rather get rid of it. And that's your opportunity, right? So your opportunity is based on being able to do you know, an improvement on a property enough to bring it back to its market value and create value for your investors there. 
So in my opinion right now, people who are doing value ads are having a really hard time finding properties because, you know, the market is hot, demand is high. Whereas for us, you know, being nimble and being able to do construction projects when the situation calls for, we can pretty much do anything, right? Right now, we're also looking at a $12 million value add opportunity in Raleigh. We have a partner who's putting in $9 million and we're raising $3 million. So, you know, being nimble, we can look at any, whether it's a value add, whether it's a ground up. But in this market right now, value add opportunities, very rare, very hard to get. You're probably going to pay over what the actual value is. So ground up is where we see the opportunity and being able to control the construction costs is where your success lies. Tell me a little about the structure of one of these deals, you know, and how that they on that's pretty different than a than a value-add multifamily, right? You know, from a ground-up development and maybe how you all structure deals, what that looks like. So the structure, you know, we use a, a 50B, like current deal offerings is 50B offering. We have different investor tiers, but, you know, pretty typical. We have preferred returns, 8 to 10%, depending on the investor tier. We have three tiers of investors, Class A investors who are investing a million dollars or more. They have, you know, uh, higher projected returns, 19 to 25 annualized, class B, 16 to about 20% annualized return. And, you know, the rest is just five of the offering. I, I don't think it's very different in terms of structure other than, you know, when we realize our revenues is when we sell. So it's a one and a half to two year hold time. So it's relatively short, actually, because, you know, we're building and selling and cashing out. But the rest of the structures, it, you know, it's not very different. What about the capital raise? You'll raise what majority of the deal or, or more as opposed to like financing a value add multifamily compared to what you're doing? Yeah. So, so far, you know, we've been very good at avoiding debt risk in our projects. We've been raising 100% of the equity that we need. But, you know, for the Nova RTP project, we found very innovative ways of not using debt, but at the same time, uh, leveraging our experiences and, and connections in the industry. So, we have about 20 to 25% of the construction costs as business lines of credit. And here's the funny thing, to be honest, that I learned in real estate is, you know, somebody, developer takes a loan, pays a construction company that uses the money to go buy construction material that sits in a warehouse for a whole year that, you know, you don't really have to spend money up front to get that material. You can, you know, if you're purchasing a substantial amount, we negotiate with material suppliers and say, hey, we have this big project here. It's, you know, it's, it's a very unique project in Durham. You know, let's agree on payment terms, right? You give people 30-day or 60-day payment timeline. Well, you know, give us three to six months. It's all about negotiations, right? And that minimizes the amount of equity up front that we have to raise and use towards the construction. And also, it gets us closer to the point of the project where we actually have revenues, right? So we end up spending you know, paying back our material suppliers from the revenues of the sales. And the good thing about ground up projects is, you know, I'll sell four to six months of construction, right? So after that, you're beginning to see revenues right away. So that's what makes it a lot more easier to avoid any debt at all, because, you know, we're, we can phase it if we need to. We can leverage our relationships. So we really minimize the amount of equity that we need to raise and maximize return for investors and not debt risk at all. Like, you know, the economy crashes, we're still able to complete our project and sell. Nice. Nice. So before we run out of time, I want you to go back to, you know, when you started Ebernova and, you know, I want you to give some advice to somebody that's just getting started in this business. Maybe some th anything you would have done different or say anything you wish you had known 
when you started the syndication, you know, development business? Yeah, well, one thing I've learned over time is, you know, when it comes to syndication, integrity is everything. You know, your word is your bond, they say. So, you know, if you're considering syndication, it's really a measure of character as well, because if you are, if you can't be truthful before getting into syndication, then it's going to be really difficult for you to be a successful syndicator if you haven't learned how to keep your word, you know, because people trust you with the word that you give them and your reputation is going to build on that going forward. So from a personal experience, I think being a syndicator makes me a better person because I know that being truthful is actually very, very profitable. So why be dishonest? (laughs) Yeah, no, I I appreciate that. I like the line too, like this business is a measure of character. I like that. Yeah. And if you're not integrous, I wouldn't think you're going to be in the business very long, but are very successful. But so what's been the hardest part of the syndication journey or process for you? The hardest part is really... It takes time to build investor networking relationships. People are trusting you with their savings, their money, even the really wealthy people. You know, people are cutting you million dollar checks. One of our largest investors, it's about a $4 million commitment right now. So that's from one person. That's a lot of money for one person. So it takes time to build that level of trust where people can trust you with so much money. And I guess the other challenge is really building your knowledge base, right? So I'm blessed to have a really good team of MBAs. We can analyze anything, we can build model for any decision. So having a systematic way of making decisions and not making uh, decisions emotionally, you know, you need to have data, you need to consider all the different variables. I mean, uh, if you're, you know, have uh, some sort of education that should come naturally, but, you know, making it part of your principle, right? You know, I think over time, it takes a while to imbibe that as part of your philosophy. Like, you know, you, you need to make data-driven, informed decisions. What's some way that you've recently improved your business that we could all apply to ours? I think it's systemizing processes, right? So systemizing how you analyze deal. You know, everybody builds a performer. I mean, in most cases, I think that's a good start. You know, having and models for your deals all the time. But, you know, going for what most syndicators or developers don't do is, you know, they build performance based on numbers that either they get from previous data or just, uh, you know, real estate brokers, whatever. You don't have to be an engineer or an engineering company to understand what the actual market construction numbers are. So, you know, doing a little bit of legwork to see, you know, what are the electrical costs? What are the, you know, plumbing costs? You know, I mean, there are databases all over for things like that. So understanding construction material trends and being able to build your model with those metrics in mind and, you know, making sure you're always in tune with the current market values of both construction and sales. How do you stay in tune with the market? You need to read a lot, read the news a lot, you know, study data. There's really no one way of doing it. I'll tell you what works for me. I uh, read the Wall Street Journal a lot, like the data and real estate aspect of things. So as a company culture, every Friday, we have a catch-up meeting with the team where we review every headline that's related to real estate or the economy that happened during the week. And uh, we look at everything very closely. We look at what's coming into the market. What, you know, like recently we learned about the Federal Reserve is going to knock down the, the interest rates down. So that's going to be good for our home buyers. We feel optimistic. It's also good for our investors because the 10-year bond 
is not attractive, so it's going to be easy for us to raise capital. So that's one way of doing it. Second is, as a company, we have a culture to read one book every month of uh, successful real estate developers and look at what they failed. All right, so we're studying William Zeckendorf. I've read a book on Sam Zell. All the big guys see what they did best, see where they failed, and how we can make better decisions from their experiences. And just uh, having you know a very data-centric approach. The government database has a lot of data on the economy. You know, looking at what happened in the past. It's really just like combining all the knowledge of business school, engineering school, understanding government policy, and how that's going to affect the economy in the future. It's an ongoing journey, but it has to be very intentional. So, what's the the number one thing that's contributed to your success? There's really no one thing, but I'll you know if you if you're asking me to use one word is having a great integrity and, and having a good team. I'm really proud of those two things. Nice. And you know, tell us how you like to give back. That's actually one of our favorite part. As a company right now, we, uh, the goal this year is to establish a nonprofit foundation for our company. We have a, you know, long-term and short-term goals. For this year, you know, we are going to be volunteering for uh, charity avenues like Habitat for Humanity. You know, because we're a construction company, we like to help people with housing. So like going to areas where, you know, and I wish I, I had a better word than law income, but, you know, people who basically are less fortunate and helping them with their housing, you know, doing renovations or fixing things that me and you can easily get done by just hiring somebody. But for them, you know, it, it's a year, a year long savings, right? So creating a budget and going to help those people. Long term, we want to build schools. Uh, we want to build basically social infrastructure for it's focusing on developing countries, you know, in places where people don't have these things we all take for granted here. Great. Hi, Abraham, you've been a great guest. I really appreciate you elaborating on just what a, you know, the full stack real estate investment company and construction uh, development company is. And I know, I don't know of any other guest that has everything integrated like that, including a construction business as well. So pleasure to have you on. Tell the listeners how they can learn more about you and get in touch with you. Right. So our website, www.abernova.com. You'll learn about who we are as a team and what we are about. We have a social media presence. If you want to write me personally, Abraham at abranova.com. Abranova is A-B-R-A-N-O-V-A.com. My phone number is 919-597-0223. I'm based in Durham, North Carolina. Great. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I hope all the listeners will contact you. I appreciate the listeners being with us today and every day. I hope you'll be with us tomorrow and give us a rating and review. I hope you'll go to the Facebook group, The Real Estate Syndication Show, and also go to LifeBridge Capital uh, so you can schedule a call with me as well. I'd love to talk to you and help you any way I can. We will talk to each of you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to The Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.